everybody, and welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I'm your host, Diane Gibbs, and I am here with Eric Dechara from um, the Creative Group. And the Creative Groups is awesome. They've been able to come on and do it quarterly episode with us. And this time is all about networking, which is super important. But Eric, um, let me give you a little bit of background. Eric is a senior account manager with the Creative Group. He joined in 2006, and before that, he was working 10 years in marketing um, communications and so he was drawn to the creative group because the opportunity to not just work with um, just the businesses but also to work with the creatives so uh, Eric tell us a little bit about why you like uh, what you do and and maybe some of the things that keep you energized being there uh, well I just said my seven-year anniversary so it's uh, different things have probably kept me energized over the years uh, but mostly I, I enjoy helping people in, in this job you get to help um, candidates who are you know working looking for work one way or another whether it's you know full-time work contract work maybe they were just laid off or moved to the area and they don't have the connections yet to get to get another job or contract work so it's nice to be able to help those people and, and uh, reward them for their hard work over their career at the same point providing a, a valuable service to my clients um, where I get to use the, the my understanding of the market my understanding of marketing to help them staff their department on a temporary basis or on a full-time basis. Um, that's what I enjoy most being that, that resource and have become kind of an industry expert within the greater Boston area to understand um, what's out there for talent, what's not out there, what clients can get in a pinch, what they can't get in a pinch um, and really partner with them. And my best relationships clients do view me as a consultant, as a partner, not just as somebody who can get them, you know, a body in the seat the next day. And that's really what I enjoy most. And you're really solving a problem for them, which designers get to do all the time. We're solving a problem for a client as well. But I think you, we were talking beforehand and you said, you know, just being able to have somebody who um, signs a contract, three, six, nine month contract, it go to a full-time job. And then later when they're at a, a another company or they're at that same company, and they need somebody to not just fill a seat, but they need a designer or a writer or whatever um, that you, they call you. And that because you've been there so long and because of your background, you're able to really meet their needs um, in a really unique way. Which I think is yeah, I don't cool. think there's anything. Yeah, I mean, while not all of our contracts do become full time, it's you know it's a smaller percentage, but it is really nice, you know placing somebody who, who unfortunately was laid off for one reason or another, no, no fault of their own, or like I said, moved to the area to, to get them into a position and then have them be hired and then come back and use us on the client side, you know, a year or two years later, because we provided such a good service when they were out of work and looking um, and to pr provide a similar service now that they're, they're working and to help them out in a different way. It's, it's great. And it's very rewarding to be able to do that. So I'm, if you haven't ever heard of the Creative Group, the Creative Group, I'm going to share their, um, this is their website, and you can click on it, and I'll also put it over there in the chat. And if you're new to Spreecast, this is how it works. Um, we will, there are always stuff going on over there in the chat. You can actually type in, if you're a guest, um, you can't do anything, but we would recommend that you uh, sign up with Spreecast. It's a free account. You can sign up with your Facebook or your Twitter account, or you don't have to do that. You can sign up with just your email. And then you can actually type questions. You can also, below Eric, there's a submit um, question button. You can do that. And if we sound okay, I would love to know if both of us sound okay, or if somebody needs to be turned up, if I need to turn Eric up a little bit, if you guys could let us know over there in the chat, that'd be great. Um, so I have a bunch of questions. I know that um, New Vegan Age already asked a question as well, so I'm excited to get your question. I've already figured out where I'm going to put it. Awesome. Great. Thank you. Um, so there's tons of networking places that we can go. Thanks, Allison, by the way. Um, <laughs> which, what, uh, which, Desi which designers could go to and if funds are you know I mean if we can go to a conference a, a national conference or a um, you know just something local in our areas um, what networking um, venue I guess is most effective when you're trying to get a job I would say um, and maybe and then we'll ask you about people who aren't necessarily looking for full-time they're just looking for clients and things like that but what venues do you think are are some of the best ones to try to spend your money on 
I think it really comes down to, to quality over quantity. Um, I mean, funds are always tight for everybody. I mean, even myself trying to get networking associations approved to go to different events. There's so many events going on on a weekly, monthly, yearly basis, and they're not always the cheapest events to go to. So um, I typically try to focus on two or three um, associations or events, um, opportunities that I can become a little bit more actively involved in. I think you get a lot more bang for your buck that way, as opposed to going to too many events spread out over the course of time. Um, those become harder to network. You don't see as many people that you're familiar with. They don't know you. Um, I think to be able to pick two or three that you're really interested in and, and want to be involved in, um, going to those events um, and group meetings over and over again becomes a lot easier to network because you're you're familiar with people. They're familiar with you. It's more of a casual relationship, and it's not so much of a one-off basis where you're just trying to go in and, and make a sale or get a new client. Um, I also say in terms of funds being tight, the, the easiest way to to be involved and actually get the most bang for your buck is to volunteer, serve on committees, offer to volunteer work, you know, registration tables, taking tickets at the door, um, anything you can possibly do to, to volunteer. And then you often get the uh, either membership comped or you get to go to the uh, different events for free. Um, and obviously if you're working there at the registration table, there's no better way to kind of see who's in and out, shake hands and uh, ask people if they need help than if you're working the registration table or um, as part of the association walking around the, the room to make sure people are, are doing well, if they need anything, that's the easiest way to, to connect with people and it doesn't cost you anything. Um, and they're always looking for volunteers. Yeah, definitely. And so getting involved is one of the best ways if you're new to a city, um, getting involved in volunteering is, is one of the ways that you would say to, and just being consistent. Yep. Yeah. Consistency is also important. Um, again, if you just go one, you know, to one event, you know, you go to a design association, you go once or twice a year, it's just not going to, you know, have as much impact as if you went repeatedly. Um, and again, try to be in, as involved as possible. But if there's monthly meetings, uh, quarterly meetings, definitely try to attend all of them. Uh, and trust me, it's a lot easier to network. Um, I mean, seven years later, it's easier for me to network when I, when I see clients or candidates that I've known for years, it's a lot easier and comfortable for me to network with them than it is than it was my first year or so where everything was new and everyone I talked to was a new person. It was a little more challenging then. Definitely. So networking is really something that isn't just an action, an action step to get a job. It's something that you should continually be doing. You've been networking seven years for TCG. It's not something that you ever stop doing, right? That's just part of you people being a designer or a writer or whatever. Um, why is that so critical? And do you think some people just stop? They get a job and then they, they stop the networking aspect? I mean, we're all busy. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely challenging to find time to network, whether it's, um, you know, most of them are at nighttime after you've put in a long day at the office already, or, um, you know, if you have kids and you're juggling multiple schedules and trying to get dinner cooked and get home and do this and that, it's challenging. So you really do have to time block and say, you know, Two, day, two weeks a month or two days a month, you know, I'm going to find a networking association to go to. I'm going to make sure I go to this same um, group meeting every single third Thursday of the month and make sure you're, you're consistent with it. But you really do need to do it all the time while you're working. Ideally, while you're in a current job is probably the best time to do it. I think it's a lot more natural for you to uh, be comfortable interacting with people and building relationships when you're not desperately looking for a new client or desperately looking for a new job. It's you know, it's harder in those situations because it's probably going to be more transparent that you are in need of something. Um, the easiest time to network is when you don't need anything and you're actually able to offer help to other people. That's how you start off by networking. You, you think you, you can offer to other people. Maybe uh, you can help somebody get an opportunity in your, your company, or you can make some recommendations or make some connections. It's a lot more natural and comfortable when you are not desperately looking for a new client or desperately looking for a new job. Um, you're a lot more comfortable. So it's, um, there's less at stake. So I think you're more naturally comfortable in, in building those relationships. But um, I think it's just a matter of time blocking. You have to pick, you know, one day a month, two days a month, and just focus on, on doing it then. Um, and in terms of online networking, as it relates to LinkedIn and social media, which I know we'll talk about later, that's definitely something you need to build into your schedule constantly as well. Yeah, 
And we definitely will talk about that because I think that can be an advantage as well. Um, it does take some extra time. It's it's um, it's not just a natural kind of progression. You have to actually commit to doing that. And if you're your own business owner or if you're just looking for a job, I think that that's those are things for students who are about to graduate. It's great for them to start doing making some of those connections beforehand and and other people who are if you're looking then you need to start uh, doing that. Yeah, and it, you can find what's comfortable for you too. It's not, it doesn't always have to be, you know, obviously it's always good to push and challenge yourself, but it, it, it doesn't have to make you uncomfortable. It can, it, you can find something that works for you. And if it's more online and it's using some of the social media tools, or again, it's, it's volunteering um, one or two days a month with a certain group that you're, you're interested in. Um, I mean, don't forget the summertime coming up too. I, I talk to my clients all the time right now about, uh, asking for referrals because as you start getting to the summertime months, people are traveling, you have endless family cookouts, cousins, you know, siblings that you haven't seen in a while, friends and relatives, um, to be constantly asking them, you know, what they're up to these days, are they working, are they not working? Um, you'd be surprised at how many of my clients come across cousins or family uh, friends that they haven't seen in a while that are out of work and looking to tell them now in, in May and in June that give them my card, Feel free to you know help you know send them my way. It obviously helps me out to help them out, but it's a good, it's a good positive relationship with that client too. They don't realize that oh my god my cousin just got laid off last month. Maybe Eric can help them out. Um, it's just a great it's a great tool to to keep in mind over the summer when it's not formal meetings. It's just a, a Saturday cookout and you just ask questions, ask people what what they're up to, and and uh, maybe you can help them out. So and. I guess that's maybe a lot of people don't think of just your regular everyday backyard events. You're, um, if you are a parent, you're going to a softball game or a soccer game or something like that, a swim team, you can network while you're at those, you know, it doesn't mean that as everything has to be business, but again, it's something about connecting and telling them how you can help them. As a designer, we can help lots of people. Um, mm -hmm. I gave my card to somebody at the vet today because they needed my phone number and I always think it's a good idea and they were like and I have a pink card so it's you know it's probably the only pink card they'll get this month but it they're like oh that's what you do and I'm like yeah so it just some people you never know who's going to need you so I always think it's a good idea but I'm not ever pushing it on people mm -hmm. but um but it always I always tell my students to keep it keep business cards in your pocket keep something or get your phone out and get their a Twitter handle or something so that you can reconnect with them after. So mm -hmm. talking about different kinds of events. So we've done kind of the regular backyard kind of things, but then there's portfolio events, there's design events like AIGA events or um, AdFed events, um, and then there's large conferences. Um, how do each of those really, how can they impact getting a job? And you know, which ones, what are some of the benefits of each of those different ones? Um, well, portfolio events are, are really good, especially for um, people that are right out of school or people that are maybe new to the, to the field. To be able to sit down with someone who's a, a seasoned design professional, creative director, art director, um, and actually have them critique your work and, and work with you to, to, to see how you can improve your presentation, not, not maybe just the work itself, but even the presentation. That's invaluable to be, to be able to have you know, an hour or two um, over the course of a, a, you know, an event, you know, see four or five different creative directors or art directors um, or people in the staffing field like myself to actually go through and uh, critique. I mean, it's almost impossible to get that, that amount of time in any other, other forum. Uh, we're actually doing a, a portfolio event at the How Design Conference in San Francisco um, two weeks from now. Um, and I enjoy doing those because you really do get to help people. We've done them at RISD before where you get to you know, work with people, not just to talk about their work, but um, how to present their work, which is you know, where we offer value. We work with clients all day long and we're presenting candidates to them all day long. So to be able to understand what, how to sell your work and how to talk about your work, which is something they don't always teach in design schools in particular uh, that we've learned. So, so those are great events. Uh, large conferences are really good learning opportunities. Um, I mean, when the Howell Conference was in Boston last year, we had a booth in the back and and it was great to listen to some of these um, presenters and speakers up there for, you know, an hour or two at a time um, and learning things that you just wouldn't have access to. So both events are good in terms of learning and, and growing and developing. 
and then it's just about building relationships. I mean, it's just, it honestly is about somehow connecting and finding a way to connect with people and find common ground. Um, and you don't have to be a social butterfly. You can, just, you know, find someone just to, you know, go up and ask them how they're doing and, and what do they do. Um, I typically like to ask people, you know, what they do versus kind of just going in about what I do, try to make it more about them. But uh, if you're so, if you're a curious person and inquisitive and enjoy learning about people um, and authentically want to know what's going on with people's lives, it becomes a little bit easier just to go up and make a connection and, and, um, and see if there's a, some common ground or if there's some sort of bond or a relationship that you can build. Um, that's the easiest way to, to, to do it. But all the events are great. I mean, they just have, you want to kind of figure out what, how it's going to work for you and, and even go with an agenda and say, this is what I want to uh, get out of this event. If it's, you know, honest critique about my portfolio, or I want to learn about this new, new subject or this new tool. Um, and I want to, you know, make five new connections, just set a goal for yourself and try to try to deliver on it. So do you think that should be like, you should go into a networking event? I mean, any kind of event actually. Um, and say, hey, I have a goal of I want to meet five people and I really want to make a connection with five people and tell five people what I do. So this could be if you were at a local art walk and you're trying to get more clients, you're trying to get more business, or if you are at um, you're trying to get a job, like a position mm -hmm. at a company. Should you go in there with a goal and it, what's something that's uh, realistic? Is it just meeting five people or should there be something else? I think it depends on the event. It's kind of hard to say in the abstract, but I think it's all about building relationships and, and connections. Um, and you don't really know until you, until you approach that person, you know, how, how you can help each other out. So you really do have to go in and, and ask those questions. I mean, there could be, you know, it's always good to have goals. I mean, that's, you know, we kind of have to do that every single day if we want to be um, right. uh, successful and, and, um, you know, accomplish anything throughout the day, but to set a goal of, you know, I want to make, uh, I want to get five business cards or 10 business cards um, and also, you know, give them my business card. But I think it's more about getting business cards than giving yours. Um, mm -hmm. If you give a business card to somebody at an event, you have no way of knowing if they're ever going to reach out to you or connect. Uh, and not everyone is going to give you a card just by you giving them your, theirs. Um, right. You know, we run into that a lot. So if you ask for somebody's card, um, that's how you start. Cause then even if they don't ask for yours, you have a way of staying in touch with them. So you, you know, when you get home that night or the next day, um, you, you follow them on Twitter, you try to connect with them on LinkedIn. Um, you know, maybe if you, you can send them an email, if there's, if you talked about a restaurant or you talked about something that, you know, some sort of common ground, you like the same band or you both into running or something like that. You can send some sort of personal note, you know, you really enjoyed the conversation and it was great to meet them. Now, here's a little bit more about what I do. Um, it's a lot easier like that than just to hand off your card and keep your fingers crossed and hope that someone is going to, to reach back out to you. You kind of lose control of the situation at that point. Um, you know, some events that I've gone to, you know, I might have certain intentions of maybe I know a couple of my clients are going to be there. So I want to uh, make sure I, I get a few minutes with each of my client contacts. So there, there can be more specific, um, you know, intentions or agendas that you're, you're going to set. Um, you know, if you're trying to get a position within a specific company and you know that their uh, creative directors or marketing managers or execs are going to be there, then it might be a little bit more focused intention. Um, but if you're just going to, you know, build your network and, and make some connections, it might just be picking five or 10 as a number and saying that's how many uh, people I'm going to get business cards from tonight and, and um, make sure they have mine. So you said something that I, I really hone in on. Um, really it was when you're talking to someone whether it's a, a possible new client or it's a possible uh, a designer or somebody at a design firm that you want to get a job at um, it's thinking about how you can help them and and really i think as designers we have to be really good listeners because we have to be able to hear where the problem is whatever if it's they are having trouble marketing or whatever and a lot of times what i'll do is if i meet somebody and we're talking I actually, we end up talking about a link or I'm like, oh, this would help you. And it's not about me, but it's about me helping them. And then you're able to, yes, connect, um, Twitter, LinkedIn, wherever. And then you're able to also send them something that is helping their business. And it doesn't mean that they have to hire you. It might not even be something you do, but it's something that you read or that somebody you follow that still is impacting them and their business 
or um, their company in some way. And I think stuff like that really helps. Um, I don't think it's just, I, I think it's great to do connect on a personal level as well because then you're not just about business. But I think a lot of times people have that business mindset. And then if you really get, you know, get to talking, you should, I think you can convert that into, oh, let's go have lunch. And you're not asking for a job. You're not asking for the, for um, a project. But in turn, you're building that trust. And I think, you know, Eric and I were talking before we went live, and he was saying that that was one of the things that seven years at TCG has built him is just that trust because they trust that he's going to take care of them as well as that he knows what the business is like. So he can help the businesses, but he can also help the designers get positions. Um, what do you think? Because I think a lot of people, I had um, somebody tell me that they had sent like over 200 resumes. And I'm like, well, how many of those did you follow up with an email or a phone call? And they're like, I don't know, maybe 12. I'm like, really? 12? That's a waste of paper. To me, that's a waste of paper. I know this isn't one of our questions, but um, if you're getting these cards and you're not doing anything with them, it's it's a dust catcher in my mm -hmm. my thought. Can you give us some actual tips that you think somebody could do with some of those those cards, what they should do? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it depends on the conversation you have. Like you said, you really do have to listen. I mean, that's one of the most critical things of, of my job all day long is whether I'm talking to candidates or clients is to listen to, understand what they're going through right now and what's, you know, what, what pain's involved. Are they looking for work? Are they struggling with, why are they struggling? You know, is one of my clients struggling finding certain talent? Why are they struggling? What have they been doing? You have to ask a lot of questions to find out um, what you can offer for help. So kind of blanket statement, it's hard to say without asking those questions, but it's, it's really trying to find out what, what keeps them up um, as a client on a daily basis. And that's, that's what my job is to find out what, you know, what would make their job easier from a staffing perspective any given day and uh, what would make their, their life easier overall, what, what, you know, what keeps them up at night, and then trying to figure out what I offer that, that can help them in that situation. Um, but you really do have to listen and, and ask you know, the right questions and uh, ask open questions to, to find out what you, what you can do and be ready and be prepared enough to know, okay, well, if, if this is what they're going through, then, then here's what I can say or you know, here's a value I can offer. And maybe you can't offer any value and to be aware of that and say, you know what, all right, well, it sounds like you're in good shape and, you know, and maybe I can help in some other way or, you know, just kind of be, be aware of that. Um, but it really is important to, to, to follow up. Um, I mean, I had a client recently where, you know, I was in a meeting and we were just talking about some, some design challenges they have in terms of how the, you know, our team works with the copy team and this and that. And I, it was interesting. I had just, you know, seen a comic strip two days before that kind of talked about that. So it was just a funny follow-up to after the meeting to, to send that because it was the exact challenge that they were going through as a team. You know, the copywriters are waiting for the content that the art directors are saying, you know, give me the content first. And it was just kind of a typical, you know, situation. And it was interesting because just to be able to follow up with that and say, you know, I thought you'd find this interesting. You know, this is what we were talking about at our meeting. Um, you know, it has to be relevant. It has to be timely. You have to, you do have to spend some time figuring that out. And if it's going on LinkedIn and, and finding out how maybe you're connected or um, digging in a little bit further. I, I haven't met anyone that sent out 200 resumes uh, for a position that got it for the most part. Um, most of the time it's, it's some other legwork that they did. And you know, in terms of quality versus quantity, I tell people all the time, take 10 opportunities, five opportunities and really dig in, you know, research the company, research the, the players that are there, find some sort of connection and, and, and think honestly about how you can offer value to that company as opposed to just sending your resume and, you know, read their website, read their, read their blogs, read their you know, Twitter feed, find out how you can um, offer value. Cause that's, that's why someone is going to hire you. And if you can be very clear and specific about how, you, you know, how you can assist them and offer value to that company, then they're going to look at you and, you know, it's going to build a relationship and maybe you don't get that job, but there's another job there or they recommend you to, to somebody else that they know. Um, I mean, that's how you get, you get a job. It's not sending out 200 resumes that are canned and the same information, no matter, no matter who you're applying to. Right. Well, and you know, I think that just sending a comic tell, you know, that, Hey, I found this or I saw this and it reminded me of something that we talked about reminds them that, Hey, wow, I was important enough for them to think about me after our conversation. I think that that's another 
way, I mean, it seems so basic, but some people just like reminding, being reminded that, hey, you, I was thinking about you and what we talked about. Um, you know, and initially, there... it's, initially, it's important to make sure within, within 24 to 48 hours, I would make sure you get some sort of um, email or LinkedIn request or, or some sort of connection out. Uh, but then it is maintaining that. And I think especially as designers, uh, it might be a challenge to, to do that consistently over the long term. So they might follow up within 24 to 48 hours, um, but then that's it. And then from there on, there's no communication. And then it's a lot harder nine months later to say, hey, do you remember me? When they probably don't, but if you had maintained some sort of conversation along the way, um, then most likely that you know, you're in a much better position. And sometimes people don't realize that you're looking for a job or you're looking for um, extra clients or new clients to bring on if you're a freelancer. And so just telling them that you're, you're looking, it doesn't have to be in that initial conversation, but it's down that road. Um, don't forget to let them know, I think. Um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of companies, um, they're doing this content, they're driving their um, blog uh, or the website or their company, they're just putting stuff out there all the time. And another way that people could do connect is to connect um, by commenting on blogs. What do you think about something like that and being consistent in in reading a certain company's blogs or commenting or something like that? I think it is important to you. A lot of the blog information and, and what people post on, on Twitter, it's all about a, a, a business conversation. They, you know, those companies want to engage their, their customers. So if you have relevant information and can participate in the, in the uh, conversation, it could help you get noticed if you're, if you're commenting in something that's appropriate and relevant. Um, and it's always stay away from being negative. It has to be positive. It has to be something um, beneficial. But if you can, and it might take some work, it's not something that's gonna automatically come to you, but if you are able to engage in the conversation, they might remember you when you do reach out to them directly um, you know, for assistance, or maybe you saw a position posted that, you, um, that you're interested in. If, if they've seen that you've been engaged in that company and, um, and can offer value and, and be a beneficial hire, then it's gonna be more, uh, more likely that you'll get that position. And it's almost like they might know you, feel comfortable with you already because They've seen that you've engaged uh, with the company. You really do buy in to what they're what they're promoting and what they're, the conversation conversation they want to have. Um, I think it's important. You know, it's definitely a, a good way to to get noticed. It has to be positive. Can't say that enough. It's you know anything negative or you know snarky or anything like that is not going to to help out and no matter what. <laughs> um, definitely be positive and and uh, and helpful. I think following, you know, following companies as well, if, you know, again, having a long-term view um, and not just when you need a job, but if, if you always want to work for this certain company, then be proactive and, and make sure you're following their blog or make sure you're on their Twitter feed and make sure you're, you're, you're aware of what they're, what, what's going on there so that when there is a position that comes up, you know, six months, a year or two years later, it's almost like you've already worked for them because you, you know what's going on and you, it, it doesn't take a lot of effort for you to say, Here's why I'm valuable for you. I've, I've seen what, what your history is over the last you know, X amount of time. Um, I've followed you. Here's why I think I can provide value to your organization. That's what it's all about. If you can't provide value, then there's no reason for them to hire you. So, but you need to know where, what their pain points are, what their business is, what their customers are going through, uh, what their problems are in order for you to be able to offer those solutions. Great answer. All right, so is there a way that a designer, say I'm a, designer and I'm looking for a job and my friend is a designer at a firm or at a company um, and I want to ask them for a lead or a in with that company um, without, I do, but I don't want to come off as pushy or super needy. How can I, how can I do that if it's just kind of a, um, it's not like somebody I go to dinner with or, you know, do stuff on the weekends with. It's just a, a a colleague, but not a somebody you are super great friends with. What's a great way to do that? I think the first of all, you already mentioned, don't be, you know, don't be pushy um, and don't try to overextend the situation. But if, if it's good to be upfront, if you, if you have a friend that works for a company or an acquaintance that works for a company, um, I think if you, if there's a position that you're interested in, I do always qualify it as, you know, 
make sure that you're qualified for the position. And sometimes it's a matter of being honest with yourself. Um, you know, if it's a web design position or a digital design position and you really don't have that experience yet, it's probably not the best situation to put your friend or acquaintance in where they're putting their neck on the line and their reputation on the line internally to help you out if it's not the right position because it's going to seem like they don't know the position or, or what's going on in the company. But if you really are honest with yourself and you feel it's a good opportunity for you and that you can offer value, just be upfront and ask your friend if they would be able to help you out. Um, in this day and age, a lot of companies are doing a, you know, a great amount with referral bonuses. So um, they're putting money out there. So it actually might be helping your friend out if you're a good fit for the position and they offer a referral bonus of one, two, three thousand dollars and you get the job. I mean, they're they're making money off you getting that job. So it's, you know, you might be helping them out as much as them helping you out. Um, but again, make sure that if it's, if it's definitely a position that you know is open versus just kind of a general, hey, how do I get into that company? Uh, mm -hmm. It might be easier if they know there's a position um, open for you to, 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 to get into. Um, if you meet any resistance, I say back off a little bit. Uh, there might be a reason that the person is backing off um, and not pushing for you. It could be maybe that you're not the right cultural fit. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe they know more about the position that they can't let on or maybe Maybe they're going for it, or maybe there's some there's some dynamics going on that that is are legitimate reasons for them not pushing for you. Um, right. But you don't want to burn any relationships by uh, all you can do is ask and be upfront and be direct. And if they if they can't help you or they they don't show signs of wanting to help you, then just back off and that's fine. You know, fight another battle another day, um, but don't push too much. Um, and the other thing too is if they do help you definitely keep them in the loop if, if they help set up an informational interview or a phone screen definitely keep them posted along the way obviously always thank them for any help that they can um, but you want to kind of encourage that um, that relationship going forward as well but make sure you keep them in the loop um, i can tell you sometimes i've made referrals and all of a sudden a person's in my office and no one told me that the person was coming in it's always <laughs> like well would have been nice for me to know so i could actually come in and you know meet the person or say hi or you know whatever the case is um, just to be aware of it, um, it's it's definitely good to keep everyone in the loop. So, uh, new vegan age. I don't know um, if you're a man or a woman or whatever, or you could write, write your name. So then I don't just have to call you by your company name. But um, you had a great question. What percentage of hires these days result from being recommended by an advocate inside the organization? Thanks, Tom. Um, I I don't have a, a specific percentage number, but I can tell you that from, you know, from the business that I'm in, it's making the wrong hire these days and making a mistake hire is extremely costly. Um, I mean, companies put a lot out there in terms of, um, you know, posting positions cost money. You know, spend they spend a lot of time and money on their executives and all the hiring managers and screening through candidates, um, and then onboarding the candidate, getting them trained and getting them up to speed. If that person doesn't work out, that's a lot of money. Uh, and to be honest, I mean, that's that's why I work with clients and that's why clients come to me for a contract to hire a lot of times is to make sure that they're making the right hire. I would I would wager to bet that if there are two finalists for any position and a company within a company and one was a referral of an internal employee and the other wasn't, I'd say it's a very high percentage that the person that was an internal referral would get that position if everything else was equal. Um, because, again, they, you know, someone's speaking on their behalf someone who knows the culture is, is representing that person and saying, I agree that this person is a good fit, not just for the position, but culturally and, and can offer value long-term. Um, I would wager to bet it's a very high number um, when, you know, when two people are presented the same, in the same way like that. But it's hard to say overall, um, but there's a lot of companies that are spending a lot of money on in internal, internal referral bonuses, um, trying to uh, minimize making a mistake. And I think that's why it's just a very costly situation obviously unemployment and different things that go into having to lay somebody off or someone leaves you know it's just a it's a bad impression overall it's bad for the company and it's very costly so i think if you can get a connection to get somebody to walk your resume over it's it's very helpful um and also it, with a lot of smaller design firms i know that um they usually they don't always advertise their positions so it's always done through these networking, um, who they know. Um, I mean, I know I, when I was working in Denver, that was how it was when here where I am in Richmond, lots of other places all over the country. So it, again, this networking thing is like critical 
to being even able to know what positions are available because a lot of times I always say design can be very incestuous not in a bad way but that it's we want to make sure because you do work so much with these people that you have to really know if it is a right fit and I agree with you if there if somebody's not giving you that kind of in um, it's a really good time to kind of back off and really just build that relationship I'm glad Tom that was uh, it was a great answer so yeah and the other thing to that, to that extent too I mean a lot of companies the, the formal posting of the the uh, position a lot of times is a is a formality that they they have to post a position, but um, a lot of times it is a formality and the position might be filled. I know, you know, people have said that kind of negatively along the way, is the position actually even, you know, viable position, but a lot of companies will already have, you know, they'll have people internally that they're already looking at, whether they're kind of transfers within the company or people have been recommended. And a lot of times you do, you know, hear about the posting just being a formality of they already have somebody lined up, but they have to go through the motions of, posting it and it's just the reality that, that you you see out there so so almost 20 years ago when i was looking for my first job out of undergrad as a designer i was really focusing on small design firms in denver and i would just call people and this is when you know i actually there wasn't twitter and facebook and anything like this and so i would send a resume and then i would follow that up with a phone call Sounds shocking, I know, but I would follow it up with a phone call and I just wanted to get in the door if they could give me 15 minutes to show them their my portfolio. And now a lot of times people maybe not don't even have that. And that's why these networking events are so important. But I would always, when I was working at a company, I would always try to give graduates, if they called me and asked for just you know 15 minutes for me to look over their portfolio, I would always try to give them that time. And it ended up working to their favor because my best friend was a designer at a small design firm that was looking, but they weren't advertising. So then I just said, you know what, You're, we don't have a position here, but there's somebody who is. So like I know there are people out there watching that are looking for a position that have recently graduated. Honestly, it's about going and meeting people at different firms. I, I think you should do the networking events. I think you should do the social media, which we're going to get into next. But Eric, what do you think about calling and just kind of, it's kind of like a cold call, but you're, you're trying to, I think you can warm it up with the social media stuff. But mm -hmm. what do you think about asking for just some feedback on a portfolio or something like that? I think if if you approach it the right way, I think most people want to help somebody out, especially, um, you know, especially if you can find somebody who, you know, maybe you know, graduated from the same college or something like that. That's always great. People always want to help out fellow alum. Um, but just in general, if you approach it the right way, I mean, I get endless LinkedIn requests and I'll always help somebody out that, that is very humble in the sense of, you know, would you have 15 minutes or 10 minutes or, you know, maybe I can get together and grab a cup of coffee. Uh, I mean, I get requests from people kind of the flip side of that where they're tell me how great their work is and how I, I basically wouldn't live another day if I didn't, if I didn't review it. <laughs> that to me kind of sets the wrong tone of I'm like, okay, well, you're, you're asking for help. I'm happy to help you, but just be very specific and, you know, maybe 10 or 15 minutes and really help them out. We always want to help people out, but, you know, if kind of the wrong approach is kind of the more arrogant approach of, you know, you have to see my work and it's so great. I guarantee most people are probably not going to take the time to help that person out, but be humble and explain that you, you're simply looking to further your career and any, you know, you respect their opinion, anything they can do to offer some guidance. I think most people, you know, that are professional would take the time to help that person out. What about like sending self promo pieces, something like that, not cocky, but something that uh, would give them something, um, that took some time. Again, I don't think you should send it to hundreds. I'm talking about really specific, like targeting your what your best skills are and what this company is, even if they're not hiring. What do you think about things like that? I know that's not on our sheet, but yeah. I think it's great. I, again, I think it requires homework where you, you know, you have to know why you're sending what you're sending, and it, it might be a, a custom piece. It might be very, very much targeted. Oops, I think he froze. Did he freeze for anybody else besides me? <laughs> Jason, did he freeze for back? you? 
There we go. Oh, okay. Back on. Okay. Say um, that again. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, as long as it's relevant, I, but again, I think it requires research. And, I, and again, um, it's going on their blog, going on their website, you know, reading up as much as possible on that company and, and who their client base is, who their customers are, um, you know, maybe go through case studies of what they've done over the mm -hmm. years or anything that they're promoting and maybe tailor your piece for um, that company. And it should resonate to, with that manager as to why you sent that piece. Um, to send something that's not custom and is just kind of a general, here's my work, and it doesn't, you know, and you haven't researched a company, there's too much of, of a risk where they're gonna say, this isn't relevant for my business and this doesn't, this doesn't help me at all. And then it's just a waste of, a waste of materials, a waste of time. Um, again, much more targeted and, and sometimes it requires a lot of work where you really do follow um, the company and understand what, what's driving their business. Right. I think that's super helpful. So one way to get to know a company is through their social. So sometimes people, um, there are specific people who write for the blog. Um, you could try to connect to them social on the social media. Um, but going to LinkedIn, you've mentioned it a couple of times. Um, now LinkedIn has more visual. You can actually post some of your, your work there. Um, I know a lot of people use Behance as designers. What do you think about connecting um, or asking somebody to review your portfolio since you've put it on LinkedIn? Has that happened or? Yeah, I mean, it definitely happens all the time. And I think it's a great way to, um, to make a connection and it's an easy way for somebody to, um, you know, quickly give you their, their feedback and, you know, their initial impression. And, and uh, obviously if you be able to show your work visually and especially if you're digital designer or even if you're print, be able to quickly get, you know, someone's five minutes of their time and they can quickly respond. I think it's a great way to do it. And again, as long as you're always kind of approaching the right way and, and asking for help and being humble, you know, and, and appreciating their time and recognizing that it is their time and that they're, they're willing to, to help you. I think it's a great way to, um, to get some feedback on your portfolio. And again, if maybe if it's the right company in the right time, uh, it strikes a chord with them and, and or with somebody they know and they can uh, it can turn into an opportunity. I think a lot of times people who are looking for a position don't um, want to be too pushy or the people that I know and it ends up hurting them because then they don't they don't connect at all. Um, they just send a resume and think that someone's going to call them and you know people are busy so there's not a lot of I mean, they're going through, they're getting these things. So somehow you have to stand out, I believe. But even just connecting, hey, I sent my resume um, on their Twitter. And you have to, again, do your research to see maybe this person doesn't use Twitter. Maybe they, you need to connect with them on LinkedIn or on Facebook or, you know, through some other channel. If they have their email address, maybe try to send them an email and connect. I know that um, I've had people connect with me that way and I, I take them very seriously and I think I, it's not about cockiness. Now, I have been contacted by people like that as well, but if their work doesn't hold up to that, then I'm probably not going to um, connect with them. I always say thank you for your interest or whatever, but with the people who have this amazing project, I want to connect with them, but just your resume isn't really enough, so you have to give me more. And I think that research uh, is really important. So when when is the right time? Should it be a phone call or should I say, um, hey, I'd love to connect with you on Skype if you want to, could you talk to me? Or is it physically coming into your office? What looks good and what looks kind of bad? I, again, I think it depends on, you know, if there's any way to find out how they like to, to communicate, if you you know, if you can connect on social media, if you see, if you, if you go to, you know, if you follow somebody that you met at an event, uh, you want to try to get to know them better and, and um, you go on their Twitter feed, if maybe they're not, you know, big Twitter people and they're, they have a couple postings. So obviously that's not the best way to go. So, you know, maybe go on their LinkedIn and see if they're constantly promoting, um, you know, putting pieces out there and posting updates and having conversations. If they're joining groups, uh, maybe that's the best way to go. Um, maybe they actually, you know, uh, are in charge of the, the company blog and maybe that's the best way to go. Uh, maybe it's just an old fashioned meeting, um, you know, maybe at a networking event you ask, how do they like to, be, you know, what's the best way to stay in touch with them? You know, and it's, it's a, a very valid question that I think most people would respect to just say how, you know, if I am able to keep in touch with you, like what's the best way to stay connected to you? Is it 
you know, Twitter, is it LinkedIn? Um, you know, Facebook, I, you know, we can talk about, I, I shy away from that from a business pers perspective for the most part. Um, although it is still a great networking tool overall, but from a business standpoint, you know, maybe not so much, especially with someone that you have just met and not really that familiar with yet. Um, but just ask the question, you know, and if not, maybe dig around a little bit um, and find out how, how to best stay in touch with that person. So out of all the, I mean, there's so many social ways to connect, um, you know, LinkedIn groups, uh, Facebook or Google Plus, um, there's these groups that you can join um, in Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, and Google Plus, I know for sure. What, which one do you think um, is best for maybe somebody who's just out of school trying to get a new position? What groups, um, and then if you could say the same thing, which one do you think is best for maybe somebody who's already got a position, but they're looking for something else? My dog is snoring. I think sorry. Either way, I, huh? my dog is snoring. Say it again. So loud. <laughs> sorry, I don't know if you can hear. Um, it. <laughs> I think either way, it's it, it still goes back to the whole quantity versus uh, quality versus quantity. Um, it doesn't make any sense to just join, you know, a hundred LinkedIn groups if you're not ever going to uh, participate in the conversation. If there's networking events that you can go to as a result, again, I think it's better to go deeper into a handful of organizations that you are, are groups that you are passionate about and, and make sense for what you do, um, where you can follow the conversation when people do, um, you know, uh, post updates or ask questions and, and engage in these forums to be able to engage in that, but um, to do it with some sort of, um, you know, impact as opposed to just being connected to too many groups. It doesn't get you anywhere. It's just like being connected with too many, you know, uh, networking associations where you end up not going to any events but you're, you belong to 15 of them. Right. Um, so same thing as it relates to some of the LinkedIn. And um, most of my focus is on, uh, I do a lot on Twitter. I do a lot on LinkedIn. Um, I'm not really too much in the Google Plus yet, um, but that's just me. <laughs> um, but again, I, I try to spend more like, similar. I try not to get too spread out. I mean, you know, mostly I use LinkedIn uh, is 100% professional, although I do have obviously some friends and family members on there, but that to me is 100% professional. Twitter, I think, is a little bit of a hybrid for me. Um, it's a great way to um, post a lot of content and to, to engage in conversations. Um, the only personal side of Twitter for me is I do think it's important to have some sort of personality. Um, so if it's posting articles on running or yoga or you know fitness or you know music, you know you can engage um, people a little bit more that way and include your personality. For Facebook, for me, it's it's a great networking tool as it relates to your family and friends, uh, people you went to school with, people that you've met along the years, but um, I try to separate that from my, my business life, but it is still a good networking tool in terms of making sure people that your friends know what you do, uh, make sure your friends know how you can maybe help them or make some connections and help out family members or friends. Um, you know, if you're interested in a company, there's no harm in ask, ask, asking your Facebook connections. You know, does anyone know anyone there? Can anyone help me out? Um, they're all, for the most part, friends and, and, and uh, family members, so they obviously want to help you out. Um, but again, try to, you know, go deeper into some, some groups and organizations and engage in the conversation as opposed to just being too spread out. And um, it's just too hard to stay focused in that area. And I also think in that same regard, instead of just shouting what you're doing over and over and over in these groups, really try to be added value to what somebody else is doing. And yes, you're giving away some stuff for free, but you're giving it away to help them. And I think honestly, if that person never comes back to anything, there's a guy who I, he always responds when I have a question on Twitter, Brian Yan, I've never met him, but man, he answers my questions and I love the man because he does and he has good quality. They're the right answers. And man, I love that. I think I he has value to me. I trust I next time will just ask him instead of asking the whole slew of people. Uh -huh. So to me, I think that that's really important. He's giving it away. He's giving his information, his knowledge away. But now I have somebody who I can trust and can go to. And that's what you're building. You're building these this trust with no matter if it's a, a, a client that's trying it's a business somewhere or you're doing something for trying to get a job you're giving 
And one thing I find is that my seniors or my juniors don't feel like they're an expert in anything. And I say, well, do you know how to tie your shoes? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, well, you're an expert at tying your shoes. There are other things. Sometimes you just have to sit down with somebody because you can't look inside your head as well as other people can look and see what you're really good at. And I think sometimes that really helps, especially with creative. Sometimes we we don't really see what we're really good at. And so sometimes we tend to spread ourselves too thin. But you talked about participating and in these groups. I mean, yeah. Go ahead, sorry. And in terms of providing value, I mean, it doesn't matter how long you've been out of school or not. I mean, if you're engaged in, in your profession and in your whatever industry you're in, you're, you're in you know, read the publications, read the, you know, online magazines, whatever you can do to, to stay current as to what's going on, um, then you'll all of a sudden you'll be surprised at how much value you can offer. Maybe it was just an article that you just read or um, some something that you were just involved in or saw that, that would add value. Uh, but you never know when that's going to be. But you, you do need to be engaged in your, in your career and your profession and, and read, you know, stay current on what's going on, whether it's technologies, you know, um, you know trends, whatever the case is. Um, it's just really helpful overall to, to know that stuff. So this is probably our last question, but to stay and maybe we can go off on it a little bit. What do you think is the most important? Somebody looking for a job, um, no matter what position they're in, uh, straight out of school or, or before, obviously they need to do their research, but is there a certain social media outlet that you would suggest that they all should do? Or is there a top three that, or um, is it really just dependent on each company? I mean, I think LinkedIn is seems to be the one that's kind of leading the charge um, overall. I think most people are on LinkedIn. Um, it's it's amazing how many you know how many people are connected. You know, it's just crazy to to go and 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 look somebody up or look up a company and just see. You'd be shocked at how how easily you could be connected to that company or connected to somebody who's there. Um, and I think most companies are, are on LinkedIn, uh, have LinkedIn pages, and their and their key team members are, are on LinkedIn as well. Um, I think Twitter's a, a, a great business tool. Um, I think people underestimate the value in terms of um, uh, participating in it and being on Twitter and using it from a business perspective versus you know the the social perspective, which a lot of uh, you know a lot of media focuses on. Uh, there's a huge business tool and it's all about having a conversation and engaging in that conversation. Um, but that's where you, if a company is really on, um, on social media and on Twitter, that's where you can learn the most information uh, immediately versus, you know, it used to be going to their, you know, you know, press release page or their, you know, job opportunities page, careers page. If they're active in Twitter, it's, it's a much better way to, um, to stay current as to what's going on. Uh, and I think more and more companies will be focused on that in the future. Um, but I think those are two of the two of the drivers right now um, from what I see. I think another thing that you said earlier that you can you said that Twitter is um, it has a little bit of your personal personality in it. I think that that's important. Mm -hmm. um, it also warms you up as a person. It makes you more uh, able to be contacted by people, um, even if it's you're looking for a job, but people can contact you because of something that you both connect doing. Can you talk a little bit about how much personality you need in or you need to stay away from? Um, I think it's I think it's what you'd want to be known about you. I mean, it's you know, uh, me personally, I'm, I'm I'm a huge yoga fan. I'm really into yoga, so um, and you know, certain foods overall. So I enjoy that being promoted. I, I would like my clients to know that, you know, not only do I specialize in this, you know, and this is my background, but, you know, I love music. I love yoga. I love certain things. I want that to be known. It's to me that that will only help me professionally. And it's it's kind of the public persona that I want, that I, I enjoy being out there. And it's, it's, it's authentic. It's what I promote. It's what I am. Um, that's what you want to promote. It's, you know, it's stuff that's not professional. Uh, that's inappropriate that you want to stay away from, you know, inappropriate postings, photos, the kind of the standard, you know, social media don'ts um, you want to stay away from. But it's the it's the public perception, the persona that you want out there and that will, you know, people allow people to see you as a human and not just as, you know, a great designer or a great this or that. But, you know, this is someone I would like to work with and this is someone I would like to go to battle with every day and, and, and fight the good fight and, and bring on and enjoy working with on a daily basis. Um, two things I would like to say about Twitter that I think from a kind of additional networking 
perspective, I think is great. You know, if you are, if you go to a networking event and you, you know, I always go to the registration table. I always get there early. I'm just kind of one of those people that can't help but getting to a place early. I scroll through the name badges. I take notes. I sit there and say, oh, here's a company I want to do business with, or here's somebody that I haven't talked to in quite a while. I make notes as to who's there and who's not. Um, if I have a chance to meet them, but maybe I don't have a chance to connect with them during the networking event. Maybe they're a no-show, um, but I remember their names. I write down their names. So when I go home the next day, I can follow them on Twitter or follow them on uh, LinkedIn. And the flip side of that is I've had some of my best networking conversations with prospective um, clients or customers or just colleagues at networking events that maybe I've just out of dumb luck followed them on Twitter or I've seen that they, they post a lot. So I follow them on Twitter. And then when I go to the registration table, I, I eyeball the name tags and I say, oh, you know, Melissa's going to be here. And then I remember that. And then when Melissa's there, maybe I've never met her in person, but, you know, we've had conversations on Twitter or I followed a lot of her her posts. So it's a lot easier to have that conversation and say, hey, by the way, I follow you and these are great posts or, you know, you get into a dialogue like that. And I've had some of my best conversations. Uh, they're a lot more authentic and real and, and, and relaxed than you know, the first introduction. And I think it's just a, another way to use leverage Twitter or LinkedIn as when you're at a networking event itself. Absolutely. I think that those connections are critical. And if you don't have anything to talk about, it feels awkward. And I think just having that research, it can be overwhelming. I, I don't know if you guys in the watching live can feel overwhelmed with networking and it can be. And that's why one of the questions earlier I asked about goals because I think five people, I can do five people, but 10 might start, you know, freaking me out a little bit. Even if I, you know, I'm just trying to meet people, I'm trying to be authentic and be real. And I, I do try to listen. So I'm trying to get, my husband says that I would have been a great cop because I'm just asking them questions about, he says I'm bad, I guess. He doesn't like that, but for me, and nobody seems to mind because most people like talking about themselves and they can connect. You can find something that you can connect with them on, even if it's about yoga or if it's about whatever. Mm -hmm. I agree, Nikki. Nikki says, totally, I think you have to focus on specific people or areas. There's so many ways to connect now. I agree. And I know Nikki really likes to do a lot of hand-drawn type and she posts on Facebook. And I think that you know, she's done all the letters, she's done numbers, now she's working on others. And, you know, I know um, Jessica Hish, I think you really, uh, you follow her, Nikki. You know, I think it'd be something if you start um, connecting with her, if you're not already. And I agree totally, Mitch, it's about connecting and adding value. Um, I, Eric, this has been awesome. I'm going to give you guys Eric's, um, his Twitter, and you should follow him for sure. Um, and I just wanted to tell you guys, thank you so much. This is my 48th episode, my one-year anniversary for Design Recharge, so I'm super excited. Thank you, Keisha, for sharing yours. You guys are awesome. If you want to share over there, then that way we can follow each other. Um, but we'll have another 48 next year. I just um, thank you, Eric, for being part of my one-year anniversary with Design Recharge. We, mm. We've gone for every week, every Wednesday for... Uh, a year. It's always at 2.30. Um, next week we have a printmaker. But to me, stuff like this is amazing. And I'm so excited that TCG has been a part of, um, this is th your third. We're doing another one in August. Um, and Allison, I'll contact you about that soon. But Eric, thanks so much. Um, I, I really appreciate it. And if you guys don't know, I mean, they're in every like every design magazine, TCG writes amazing content. And follow them, learn about the stuff that they're doing and use them. I mean, they're really there to help you find positions or if you're a company, there there would be great if you have a big project, they're great at putting people, the right people in your company for that amount of time. And then you never know. So um, thank you guys for, for just making it happen. And so I don't have to just talk to myself every week. Um, I'm just real excited. My mom, she told me in the very beginning, she's like, every week, Diane, that's a lot. And I was like, well, it is, but I made a commitment. And one of my aunts said, who did you make that commitment to? And I said, myself, I made that commitment to myself. And honestly, I think that's the same way with networking. You have to make a commitment to yourself to do something. And you can't just send out 200 resumes and thinking that some angel is going to come calling for you. You have to do some of that work. It, that's just the beginning. 
So, Eric, thank you. This was super packed with awesome information. So, thank you, and I hope I can have you back on and we can finish the rest of the questions. But you guys, also, <laughs> I will see you next week. And check out tcgthecreativegroup.com. And if you want to connect with me, um, it's designrecharge.org. There's an email list so you never miss an episode. You get all the questions beforehand and nobody else gets that. Um, and then you can connect with me at Design Recharge on Twitter or at Diane Gibbs AU. And then you can always send me an email at Diane at designrecharge.org. Anyway, I'll see you guys next week. And again, thank you, Eric, for the awesome content. Thank you. Bye, guys.